Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org forward slash resources. Um, this, this is what Jan sent me a couple of weeks ago, and, and I've been handing this out. Uh, your plan for life. You know, I, I was almost felt guilty. I planned, uh, I, pl- I said, God, help me on this flight. Help us to have good connections and help me to get there in one piece, right? That's my plan. <laughs> well, God's plan's not always the same as ours. But if we will follow God's plan, we'll end up higher, much higher in the end than we would have in the beginning. So I saw this and I said, my goodness, I should talk about that. <laughs> Let everybody take advantage of this. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. Amen. <laughs> uh, some of those dark valleys are very deep. And, I, and I'll give you some, some examples of that. You know, Heidi Baker has uh, got a worldwide ministry. She has as thousands of churches have been started by Heidi Baker. And somebody prophesied over her one time, says, you will make the blind see. So Heidi took that to heart. She prayed for people for one year and no blind see, no, no blind saw. <laughs> and uh, for one year. And then she uh, prayed for one blind person and they got better. And they, their name was Heidi. They could see. <laughs> so from now on, she, but I was with Heidi one time about 10 years ago in, in Mozambique and uh, I was praying for a blind person. I knew the story about Heidi having blind anointing. So I said, Heidi, hey, play for this guy. I prayed for him and nothing happened. So Heidi prayed for this blind person and nothing happened. But remember, God is in charge. And this, this little thing just shows us. God's plan for you may not be what you, what you want. And I've seen preachers and pastors step down from the pulpit for, for a period of time in, in disgrace who have come up to be awesome. <laughs> and God's plan is a whole lot different than ours. I don't know if you watched the movie uh, uh, The Shack. If you have not watched the movie The Shack, you need to watch it. I read the book, but the movie is a lot better than the book. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's a very rare thing to say, that the movie is actually worse, better than the book, but that's what happens. And in The Shack, there was a woman in a cave. I don't, her name was Wisdom. That's all I'll say about it. She said, don't judge anybody. And I, and I know that in the churches, there's a lot of judgment. Uh, I, I hear from God all the time. Why don't they hear from God? You know. So our sermon today is, uh, one more time, Greg. I got, he's supposed to slip them. When God seems distant is the name of our sermon. Now, everyone sometimes feels like God isn't hearing. Have you ever thought about that? I have, <laughs> many times. It seems to be the, the path I'm on. Some are saying, if you just seek his presence, he will give you the feeling. Just press in. Have you ever heard that? I've pressed in many, many, many times. This has not been my experience. I have plenty of people in the Bible who have experienced the same thing. So what I'm going to do is go through some of the Bible examples uh, of people who didn't hear from God, but did what, this is Psalms 
13, oh Lord, how long we forget me? And I want you to think, is this the way you feel? How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul and sorrow in my heart and every day, in my heart every day? How long must my enemies have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle in my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. See how David tries to lift himself up. He's fallen. or He's, he's not hearing from God. You know, but he's trying to lift himself up. He said, but I trust in your unfailing love. And that's what you have to do. Even, I, I'm, I'm kidding people that I feel very little about God. That's, that's a strange thing. I feel peaceful right now. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> but uh, other people say, well, I heard from God and he said this. Well, God's never done that to me. Now, is there, is, I know there's people out there that feel the same way. And uh, Reese Howe, we did a study on Reese Howe. He was an intercessor in World War II time frame. He started a school, and Reinhard Bonnke attended the school. <laughs> and uh, during World War II, they prayed for four years. Sometimes they prayed 18 hours a day for deliverance from Hitler, the evil one. And uh, you all know what happened. I, I like to watch war movies, and I know... Jen, Jen doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like them much, <laughs> but I, I sneak upstairs and watch a war movie or something. <laughs> and I was watching a documentary one time, and, and it's about Stalin, how evil he was. And so I'm thinking, oh, Stalin's evil. I shouldn't be watching this, but I, I watched it anyway. Well, they had a firing squad, and there was a guy laughing. He was in front of the, in front of the firing squad laughing. And I said, what in the world is he laughing for? Could, you, could it be that he was saying, send me to heaven, okay, will you? <laughs> that, that has impacted me for months now. I've thought about that. I saw that guy just laughing. And, and on the documentary, they, they, I highlighted this guy, and they said, watch this guy. He's laughing. So that, was, that, that happened in 1940, 42 or something like that. That has been a witness to me here in 2017. Isn't that something? The happiness of going to heaven after you uh, have experienced life. He felt like, okay, send me to heaven. That's okay. All right, Gregory. How, how, have you ever noticed that God's timing is different from ours? Oh, I got a, I got a laser here somewhere. Oh, it doesn't work. Nothing ever works up here. Come on, Lord. <laughs> I got it right there. All right. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that God's timetable is different from ours? We think in terms of minutes and hours and days, but God thinks in terms of years. That's right. Isn't that something? Uh, All right. Now we're going to talk about some Bible stories here, and, and I want you to think about Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph. God wanted him to get in a position of influence in Egypt. How did he get there? Now, I don't know what your 
personal belief is whether God causes these things, I don't know. <laughs> I just know they happened to Joseph and at the end of his uh, dad, when his dad died, his brothers were afraid of him. And uh, he said, no, God meant it for good. So to me, that at least shed some light on God did it. So I'll, you, whether, you're, uh, whether you're there or not, that's okay. First, he had him sold into slavery by his brothers when he was a teenager. He was hauled off to a foreign land. Then God had him falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. And there's scripture that says God doesn't do bad things, you know. And uh, a long time went by. Don't you suppose that Joseph was praying fervently and God didn't seem to hear? Can you, uh, have you ever read that story about Joseph? Let's go ahead, one more slide. Finally, an opportunity came to interpret the dream of a couple of fellow inmates. To the one man, the king's cupbearer, who would be released from prison and restored to his job, Joseph pled, remember me and get me out of here. The cupbearer assured him that he would never forget, but he forgot. This is in the Bible, if you haven't read that. <laughs> it's amazing. In Genesis 41, 1, it says, Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream two years. Think back two years ago in your life. For more years, for two more years, Joseph languished in prison. I've read Hebrews and it said he had, his neck was chained. In Hebrews it says that. It, his neck was chained. So it wasn't a very pleasant time. So here was Joseph struggling in prison for two years. And he says, couldn't God have given Pharaoh his dream sooner? Why the long wait? <laughs> Ever felt that way? <laughs> Why didn't God do it? As it was, Joseph spent the better part of his 20s either as a slave or a prison or in a prison in Egypt. When God seems distant, we must call to him and trust his unfailing love. Did you skip over that? Go up one. Huh. I got it, I got it backwards here. All right, go ahead. It always happens to me. <laughs> Come on, God. Help me. <laughs> Help me with all these uh, visual aids I have. In God's timing, when Joseph was ready, he was promoted to the prime minister. I think that's out of place, but we'll see. Go ahead, one more. All right, take the apostle Paul. He was God's greatest apostle to the Gentiles. There was so much work to be done for the Lord and so little time to do it. Paul wanted to go to Rome. Have you ever read that epistle in Acts where he wanted to go to Rome? And then to Spain with the gospel? Well, how did Paul get to Rome? God had him imprisoned on false charges. The governor in Caesarea heard his case and knew that he was innocent, but he kept him in custody because he knew that Paul had some influential friends and he hoped for a bribe. And if you want to read that, I put that up there, Acts 24, 26. But after two years had passed, two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Festus, or Pontius Portius Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Festus left Paul in prison. Two years, God's great apostle was confined in Caesarea. People were perishing without Christ. Why didn't God do something? Why didn't he, he move the governor to release Paul? Wasn't Paul walking by faith? Wasn't he praying? Why did he have to sit there for two more years? 
Now, you guys have some of the answers in your Bible. Now, something that Paul would never, never do. He would never say, God, keep me here for two more years so I can write the New Testament. Paul would never do that. But God knew better. He knew that in 2017, we would be reading Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all those books written by Paul in prison. So he had a great influence on the whole world, but he saw Rome and Spain. That's all he saw. God, you see the whole picture, don't you? And this, God has given me a gift of faith. <laughs> he's taken away the gift of feeling. I'd rather have that one, I think. <laughs> but, he's, but he's given me the gift of faith. If he says it, I believe it. I don't understand everything he says. And those disciples that lived with him for years, three or four years, three years, didn't understand him until he, after he died and rose again. They had a better understanding for him. I don't think they ever understood him. Why did he do this? Why did he do that? I don't know why he did all that, but I know that, uh, God, we have to trust him. All right, go ahead, Greg. Have you ever been there? You cry out to God, but he seems to take an extended vacation. Okay, Saul was a king. He was enjoying the comforts of the palace while David was still sleeping in a cave. What made it worse? Saul was a bad guy. He wasn't seeking the Lord. David was. Saul was trying to kill David without cause, even though David had spared his life. I think two times he spared his life. Didn't God know what was happening? Couldn't he do something? Had he forgotten about David? I know that you have thought the same thing. God, I pray for you all every day. Every day I pray for you, and nothing seems to be happening. And that's what, that's what David was probably thinking. God rose David up to be king of Judea, and then all Israel. He needed that time of waiting and testing to become a great leader. Amen. So it's that, that uh, our... our our decisions and God's decisions <laughs> are not the same. Amen. Sure. It's, uh, God does things differently than we do. He, it says in the Bible, his ways aren't our ways. Right. We, don't, we don't do the same thing he does. Uh, and, and it would be difficult for any of us to make the decisions God makes. I've heard some horrendous stories about people that were Christians and they were living for the Lord and God just pulled the rug out from under their lives. You can say, well, I believe Satan did that. that that's, I'm not going to argue that point. <laughs> but uh, Job, this is Job, and we all know about Job. <laughs> Poor old Job, he was doing really well. well why, why did Satan have the opportunity to tempt him and take his kids away and make his life miserable? Why did he have that opportunity? God gave him that opportunity. It wasn't because Job was... Uh, Great guy, he was, and God did brag on him. I would like God to brag on Terry Ricky. <laughs> oh, look at my servant Job. He told Satan this in a meeting. I don't know anything about the meeting. But here's the, here's the, here's the uh, scripture. I go east, but he's not there. I go west, but I could not find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I turn to the south, but I could not find him. But he knows where I'm going. <laughs> And when he has tested me like gold in the fire, 
he will pronounce me innocent. Almost every time I read that, it speaks to me of how God, he knows where you're going. And, and gold is not easy. It's heated and it's melted and it's made into ingots, which are easier to handle for people. And we don't like that stage. The melting and the heat, we don't like. But God is there. And I, I really got blessed when I read that. And then there's a good one. Though he slain me, yet will I trust him. <laughs> That's one of my beliefs I love this. I love. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So if you're in front of a firing squad like that man was, God, how many of us would be laughing? Most of us would say, oh, God, why'd you do this? Boom. You know, your life would be over. But yet, you're going where? To heaven. We should be happy that we're going to heaven. And we have that assurance in the Bible that we're going to heaven. There's, there's great assurance in the Bible, all through the Bible. For I have not strayed on God, I have not strayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. Amen. So Job was a righteous man, even though he was being tempted and pressed. He was pressed by his people. When you're in an extended time of trial, you call out to God, but he doesn't seem to answer. I think this would be a good time to talk about uh, a book I read, uh, Light in Your Darkest Night. And some of you have, you, have you ever read that book? Anybody ever read Light in Darkest Night? It's by, uh, what's your name? Uh, Catherine Marshall, thank you. A Light in My Darkest Night. Nobody here has read that. Oh, that's an awesome book. Jan's read it. <laughs> that's an awesome book. Catherine uh, was her, she wrote, but many of you older people have seen The Man Called Peter, the movie. That was Catherine Marshall's husband. And uh, he was a great preacher and, and doing really well. And then he died. And she wondered why. She married the guy who was in charge of editor of Guidepost magazine. You guys ever read Guidepost? Some of you need to be older than this. <laughs> I've read all these books. I don't know. Well, anyway, she was, a not, she was a great Christian lady, and I've read about six of her books. I mean, I've read every book she ever wrote. Well, one time, well on in her years, and she was a great Christian lady, her granddaughter was born deformed. Well, Catherine Marshall did what we would all do. She prayed. But not only did she pray, but she prayed with faith. She believed that God would heal their baby. That's what she was, she was saying, and she sent out, I don't know if she sent email or called people. It may have been before email came about. But she called everybody and she said, we're going to Hyannisport. She had a house there. And if you believe that my granddaughter will be healed, we're going to pray for a week. So they all flew to Hyannisport and they prayed for a week. Some of her friends didn't go, they told her later. The child died. Now, did y'all understand that? With these people believing solely that God would heal and, and, and the child died anyway. Boy, there's a lot of denominations that say, if it's God's will, it'll happen. <laughs> I don't know why the child died. I, I know they had great faith. So Catherine Marshall walked around their house, never getting out of her, her, her nightgown for six months. But yet, she walked out. 
and she became an awesome Christian lady and more faith than she ever could have had any other way. So sometimes our, our darkest, deepest challenge are the ones that God is saying, okay, when they come out of this, you're going to come out awesome. There is, a, in, the, in the movie Shack, this, this wisdom was talking to some man who'd lost her daughter. The daughter was killed by a man. And uh, she said to him, why did you, uh, what do you think of that guy? I think he ought to be killed. That's what he said. He, he killed my daughter. He ought to serve, he ought to be convicted for murder. And she said, you're judging him. Isn't that something? You're judging him. You're saying that what he did was awful. And God says not to judge. Don't you know that his father abused him? He whipped him and, and, and he never treated him kindly. Don't you know he had a terrible life? It's hard for us to do, isn't it? If you had a child that was murdered, it'd be awful. That seems to be the worst thing could possibly happen to him but yet it wasn't God will use everything for his glory there's there's, there's a scripture that says everything happens for a reason was it Roman 8 28 thank you there's people like Pastor Tom and Doug here who can who know every scripture and know where it's found and all that. Uh, God's given me a great knowledge of the whole Bible, but I don't know where it's at. (laughs) I know the Bible says this, but I don't know where it's at. So so don't judge people. Don't judge anybody because they don't do it like you do it. That, you know, don't judge or you will be judged. And uh, the judgment won't be favored. So if, uh, and I used to be this way, People that get tattoos, that's bad. <laughs> that's judging. I don't judge anybody for anything. You don't know what they do. You don't, I mean, you're not them. You can't, and God doesn't talk to you the way he talks to them. And the uh, best thing to do is, if it, is hold your standard, which is the Bible. Hold it up. If you've got Bibles, hold that standard up and say, that is the standard. That's what God says. It's what I believe. And boom. I went through a rebellious period in my college, college years. I said, I don't know. I don't think God wrote that. It was written by 66 different people. Well, after research for years, a couple of years, I realized you've got to have faith to believe in the Bible. I have faith that if God wanted to, he could tell me what to do. And he wants to. And I believe that he did. <laughs> it's in the Bible. So your, your judgment, the Bible is very difficult to understand the whole thing. You won't have a, any, any knowledge of the person and what they're going through. So don't judge anybody. Because they may not have the same re- relationship with God that you have. They may not be given the same gifts. So I hear people say, well, I heard from God and, and God told me to do this. Well, it doesn't happen to everybody. God tells me through what I feel like doing. Like if I go, if if door A and door B are out there and and I say, God, help me to choose the right door. I believe and I have faith that God will lead me to the right place. I don't feel that door is highlighted. Some people do. Some people see, I've seen uh, Todd Todd Bentley, or not Todd Bentley, is it Todd Bentley? 
Todd White. He'll look at somebody and he'll say, you. And he'll, they'll stand up and, and he'll prophesy over them, tell them about their family, where they live, what time, what time they got saved, all that, all that. I mean, some awesome things. But God doesn't give that to everybody. So if you don't have that gift, don't sit there and say, oh, God, I'm not a Christian because I don't have that gift. God has gifted every one of us. You all have a reason. God, when, when God said, when he looked at Doug, he said, that is a Doug I want him to be, and I want him to do this, this, and this, and he knows what, so you are made for a reason. God has a purpose for your life. Every one of you. Okay, the middle bullet there says, you try to figure out how to get out of your circumstances, but nothing works. You go from the heights of hope to the depths of despair so many times that your stomach can't take much more. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm speaking to some people that feel the same way. It doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what the Bible says. Amen. If the Bible says something, believe it. Because it's true. God, God will help you. Meanwhile, Greg, you, while those who aren't following the Lord living the good life in the palace while you're seeking the Lord in a cave. God did not promise that we would always feel his presence. God did promise to never leave us or forsake us. <laughs> you, can, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So it doesn't matter if you don't feel his presence. He's there. And the person who's very mature doesn't have to feel anything because they know that God is with them. That's right. They know. So what I've done is, uh, next one. When God seems distant, there are two lessons. Hang on, God's not forgotten you. God is, God's timing is not ours. And then I, I put this on my computer, screensaver. One more, okay. God loves us. God is good. And God can be trusted. I look at that every day. Every day I'm at work. And my computer I'll turn and it'll say, God loves us. God is good and God can be trusted. Amen. So if we put those three things, it's, it's, it's the theology of Christ. Basically, if you want to know what theology is, there it is. Amen. He loves you. Now, many of you don't feel loved. Now, Satan loves to say, well, God doesn't love you. You don't have all these gifts. You're not awesome. You don't pray like Michael Thornton does. <laughs> but he still loves us. He loves every one of you. you. And you might not have the gift of somebody else, but God still loves you, and he's put you here for a reason. There are some people that you will lead to Christ that no one else can lead. Uh, there's some evangelistic people, people that hand out tracts, people that go out to people that, that would embarrass most of us. <laughs> I think sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zone. But uh, a lot of times, it's just, it's not us. Don't feel guilty about it. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And that God does not condemn us, so why are you condemning yourself? Amen. Say, Lord, help me to feel, feel like you're around. Like you're around. Then you look and wait, and nothing happens. God, God's saying, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. You don't have to, you don't, I mean, many people get sick and they wonder why this sickness. I was reading a story about a girl 
her name was uh, Wendy Alec, and she, she and her husband, what's his, what's his name, Wendy's husband? Rory, yeah, Rory Alec and Wendy Alec started God TV. How many of y'all have seen God TV? One, two, three, okay, we got a bunch of people. They started God TV. So what did the devil do? He started on Rory's weaknesses, and he ended up having an affair with some lady. And that they, they, they divorced. So she wrote a book about that. And, and you'd say, God, why'd you do all that? I don't know. Well, he, I think God gives you a chance to fail too. He opens up A or B. Which one, you, which one do you want to do? You have to choose. If you keep choosing God, he will keep blessing you. <laughs> and that's the way it is. That's the way it works. So God loves us, God is good, and God can be trusted. I say that over and over again. Uh, I don't know if you know R.T. Kendall, but he was a pastor of a, a big church in, uh, in London. And he was a, you know, he's a Ph.D. You know what Ph.D. stands for? I don't want to say that. I've been around. <laughs> he was a Ph.D. And he was at a church service, and he was listening to it, and I think they had 3,000 people in the church, and it was a big church. It's, uh, what's it called? I can't think. It's a big church in London. And uh, somebody says, well, the pastor's not going to be here next week. Is anybody a preacher? And R.T. Kendall raised his hand. He wasn't preaching, but he was a preacher. He, he got his Ph.D. in religion. He raised his hand, and, and they said, okay, you're preaching next Sunday or something like that. And R.G. Kendall preached the next Sunday and spent the next 25 years at that, at that church. He became the, the senior pastor. Why did he become the senior pastor? Because God said, you're it. I'm going to bless you. You're going to bring people to Christ. You're going to preach sermons that are anointed, and you're the one. So he's still preaching today. R.T., I hear, um, how many of you have heard R.T. Kendall preach? I've read, I've read books by R.T. Kendall. I bet you I've read six or eight books by R.T. Kendall. He, he's, he is a good Christian man. He went to the same college I did. Does that mean I'm supposed to write 600 books? I don't know. <laughs> but the Lord hasn't given me the books. That's just, you know, I had a prophecy back, I guess it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And this lady says, you're going to write a book. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> I still haven't written a book. I do believe in prophecy. The Bible says, test it and see. Okay, the last slide. When God seems to be distant, keep God at the center. Keep your eyes on him and trust him. He will deliver you in his time. Keep the faith. And there, there's one man, he's not here today, I haven't seen him. He goes to our church. His wife died after being prophesied that she would live and not die. He is totally upset at God. Now, wouldn't we be that way? Um, Rodney Howard Brown had a 16-year-old daughter that Benny Hinn called him on the phone and said, your daughter will live and not die. She died. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not, I think being the Christian is, is the best way to go. It's the best life we can possibly live. If you look at a Christian and a non-Christian at 70 years old, 
You will see one that has a vigor and, and, and excitement and somebody at 70 that just barely can live, barely can breathe. A Christian life is the best way to go. But the way you go is, Lord, if you don't want me to feel anything till I die, I'm walking towards you. I'm going towards you. And, and that's why the Bible's there. What do, you, what do I have to do, Lord? I, I don't know what's right, what's wrong. Or read the Bible. So we say to Christian, non-Christians, people who just got saved, you need to read the Bible and find out your roadmap. Right. Find out what's in it. Because everybody here can be a benefit by hearing what God says about you. Because God's the one that made us. That's right. So we can all say, okay, what do I need to do, God? We can all trust in God. So if you're feeling depressed right now, God is not. And that, as Bill Johnson always says, God's not even worried. He's not worried about the rapture. He's not worried about revelation. He's not worried about, uh, what is it, the getting, getting hotter in, in North Pole. <laughs> what do they call that? Global warming. He's not worried about that. God could fix global warming in an instant at the blink of an eye. When he said, let there be light, there was light. If you, if we went to the planetarium. I went to the planetarium in, in Boston, and it was awesome. When they turned those lights down, like, like you would see in a, out there in the middle of nowhere, they turned out all the lights, and all you could see was lights, hundreds of thousands of lights. And some of those lights are galaxies. So every time I get wondering, oh, God, how could you do all this? I look up at night, and I say, well, if he can do that, <laughs> he can do this. <laughs> so you wonder why he doesn't heal everybody? I don't know. I do not know. But I know one day I will know. <laughs> and I believe we're, we're, we're called, to, the Bible says pray by faith. It says by faith you are healed. We're called to have faith in the prayers that we pray. We say, God, it's in your hands. I have prayed. We pray over and over again. And uh, that uh, Reese Howe and his group prayed for four years for the war to go their way. Many times they had failures. They couldn't understand why Hitler did what he did. How, why he was winning the battle, especially in the, in the early, early parts of the war. So if you, if you are a studier of history, Jan doesn't like history, but some people like history. I like history. <laughs> if you study history, you'll see where Adolf Hitler changes his mind and does stupid things. I believe that that is what God said, Hitler, do this. And he did them. And it was a bad choice. <laughs> We'd be speaking German today <laughs> if it wasn't. Because I think in, it, but Satan was defeated and he was defeated in God's time. He, God could say, Satan, go now. Just like Bill Johnson said, he's not worried about anything that's going on in this world. He's not worried about where you are and what condition spiritually you're in. He's not worried about it at all. God is saying, I put you here at this time for this reason. There's a reason you're here today. There's a reason. And I, I do believe God, God will tell you, just like Kenny today, I really honor Kenny and, and uh and, and he decided, he prayed, and God said, look, not time to go. Well, he hadn't told me to leave. So if you want me to leave, you tell God. Because <laughs> if God tells me I'm leaving, 
I'm not listening to you guys. I will listen to God, though. <laughs> I don't believe, you know, people do a lot of church hopping. I, I've been on, I shoot, I've been a Methodist. I've been a Baptist. I've been a Nazarene. I've been a, a Episcopalian. I've been, what am I now? <laughs> a global riverite or whatever we are. <laughs> so I've been to a lot of churches, but I know God loves me. He's faithful. He loves me. What else? He can be trusted. And what's, he's good. So when he does something, when that guy was in front of the firing squad and laughing, he was saying, shoot me, I'm going to heaven. I really believe that. (laughs) That's the way to do it. Say, God, I don't know anything about what's going on right now. I don't understand you completely because you are God and I'm not. But I know that your spirit is in me. I may not feel your presence, but I know your presence is near me. I know that you said you'd never leave us and forsake us, and it's impossible for God to lie. So if God says that to you, believe it. Trust him. Because if you trust for years and years and years, it's like the the book of Job. If you've ever read that book, it's an awesome book. Uh, It is awesome. Not awesome what had happened to him. He went through a lot of stuff. If you read the book of Job, you might be depressed if you put it down. But later on, what did God do? God restored everything twice. He got, well, he had 20 kids. He lived in four, he saw four generations of people, kids. He had great, 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 great grandchildren. Isn't that something? God will restore And that's what we have to do. And if he doesn't restore it, he'll send you to heaven. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You can do that, God. You can send me to heaven. I'm happy. So I don't have to feel anything. And I'm saying to God, oh, God, if I don't feel shock treatments, you know, I don't feel highlighted people, I'm still serving the Lord. (laughs) I'm serving the Lord not because I feel it, I'm I'm serving the Lord because he's real in my heart. He will change you, every one of you. And if you're not saved, if you've got this terrible thing going on in your life, give it to God. And I I deal with uh, people with addiction sometimes, and I I get to know them really well. And God gives you power over everything that happens to you here. But boy, I tell you, it takes, sometimes you've got to just turn your head and say, nope, I'm going to God. You have to will in your heart because everything in you wants to do the wrong thing. But you have to will in your heart that you're not going to do it. You have to say, I do not believe that that is good for me. I don't believe God wants me to do it, so therefore I'm not going to do it. And it doesn't matter how you feel. You just got to trust in the Lord. Let's all stand, and it's getting time to go. I want to pray, and then I'll ask Michael Thornton to come up and talk to you guys and dismiss you. Lord, I thank you so much for your presence today. Thank you so much for your awesome, awesome presence. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're in charge of this service. You're in charge of every life that's out there today. And you brought these people here to hear your word spoken. So, Lord, I pray that you'll bless us all. Show us... When we don't see the light at our feet, sometimes we won't see the light. We do trust you're there, and we know that you're leading us. And sometimes we get 
frustrated in this world. We don't know which way to go, but you know where we're going and you can see the path ahead of us and you will direct us into the right path. And if we follow you, you'll make our lives better than we ever thought possible. We never would have believed that our lives could be what, they, what you have made them today. So I just pray that everybody here will search their hearts, search their lives, and ask you, Lord Jesus, what do I do next? Okay, Michael, you want you to dismiss everybody? Thank you, Pastor Terry. Uh, let's just give him a hand. Amen. Uh, we, we always want to give an opportunity for response. Amen. We always want everybody that's coming in here today to leave out better than what they came. So I just want to call the ministry team up forward. Um, if a few, of, a few of you, could you just come up and stand? And, and I just want to share one last thing and, and just really call some people forward before we dismiss. Um, when God seems distant, I mean, how many can identify with that, right? We trust in him. Uh, this, this weekend, we went to Campbellsville, Kentucky, uh, Campbellsville University, and uh, we, we drove up. It was a, it was a good drive, and uh, we went to a, 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 where college kids from Ivy League schools across America were coming in for a conference, and we were in there, and about the first night, the Holy Spirit blew into this place and I mean kids like from Cambridge, from Dartmouth, from Princeton, Harvard, and Yale, where they are under a, an attack of humanism and pressure like you wouldn't believe. And the first night, the Holy Spirit showed up, and this young man came and pulled me to the side. And he said, sir, I just need to confess something to you. He said, God has been so distant, basically, in my life. And I've been struggling. You've been struggling with pornography. And he said, I want to be free so bad. And he just started weeping and crying. And he said, I just feel like tonight is the night because I can sense God and I know he's real. And man, the Lord came all over this kid. And I mean, he was set free. I mean, it was awesome. But I just want to encourage us that there are some times where God seems distant, but it's okay if you don't feel him. It's okay if you don't get the goosebumps and all of that. He really is there. And he really is ready to offer deliverance and healing. Amen. So Jesus, right now, we just pray and we thank you for the word of the Lord today. We thank you, Jesus, that when you are distant, Lord, you're really there. You're even maybe closer than uh, we've ever even believed. And so, Lord, we just want to take these few minutes. And if you're here today and you just feel that, you, you feel like God is not hearing your prayer. You feel like nothing is moving. You're stuck in this, this, this mud and you don't know where to go or what to do. Just come on forward. Come on forward. Let us pray for you. Let's just pray for clarity. Let us just love on you and just speak life over you. I just want to call you forth right now. If that's you, come on up. And, and the rest of you, we want to dismiss you guys. We want you to have a great weekend. Be blessed. Let the Holy Spirit fill you, be with you, and bless you. But uh, we want to tarry here for those who need some prayer and uh, some encouragement. Amen. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.